What if the way you've been telling your life story reveals the secret to what is holding you back? Stories play an integral part in how we see not only ourselves, but the whole world. Stories are more than just an important part of communication. They also reveal hidden aspects of our inner talk, which can either support us or end up holding us back from the very things we want most in life without us even realizing it. Join author, mindset coach, and award-winning singer-songwriter Carrie Rowan on her show, Look for the Good, every Monday at 5 a.m. and 5 p.m. when she shares nuggets of wisdom from her internationally best-selling book, Tell a New Story, Five Simple Steps to Release Your Negative Stories and Bring Joy to Your Life. Carrie's powerful stories and compelling guests will empower you to change how you look at your own life while giving you some powerful tools and tips you can use every day to help you feel better and move yourself closer to the life you've been longing to live. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Look for the Good. I'm your host, Carrie Rowan, mindset strategist and coach, and I love sharing nuggets of wisdom about the stories we tell each other and, more importantly, the stories we tell ourselves. So join me and my special guests every Monday at 5 a.m. and 5 p.m. as we share personal stories of strength and triumph here on Dream Vision 7 Radio. You can listen online, on your mobile device, in your car, or even ask Alexa to play Dream Vision 7 Radio. And tune in every Monday at 5 a.m. and 5 p.m. Eastern Time and evolve with us as we unite humankind in universal love. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of A Look for the Good. I'm here with my special guest, Bryna Haynes. Hi, Bryna. Hello. How are you? I'm doing great. It's so good to have you here. And um, Bryna and I go way back, and we're going to talk a little bit about that as well, because Bryna has some incredible stories to share with us here today. And as you all know, I love sharing those deep personal stories, especially those personal stories that we feel we don't want to share or we can't share because we feel like sometimes the worst stories that we have are the ones that we can't talk about. But in reality, we find, and I know when a client tells me that this is their worst story and it has shame and other things around it, I know we're on to a transformation because that is where truly our strength lies in turning those stories around. And who doesn't love a comeback story, right, Bryna? Absolutely. They're the best. Uh, they sure are. So let me introduce, I'm going to read her bio here because she's so interesting. She has so much wisdom to share with us here today. And Brian is the CEO and founder of World Changers Media, a boutique publishing company producing award-winning books by and for the new generation of thought leaders. I just love that, Brina. And welcome again. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here with you. This has been a long time coming. I know, right? We talked a while ago about it and you had so much going on with your business. And so here we are again. And one of the things I really love about you is your ability to reinvent yourself over and over again, you know, because that's real deep in my heart, too, because I've done the same thing in my life. And so talk to us a little bit about because World Changers Media is sort of new for you, right? You had a different venture when we first met. And I'd love for you to talk a little bit about what you do and how you made the pivot into this. And now your business is just skyrocketing. Thank you. Yeah. So, you know, me and books, we go way back. Um, I had wanted to be a writer ever since I was a toddler. Um, books were my companions and my escape as a kid. And, um, you know, lots of things happened in teenage and early adulthood. But by the time I was 27, I had fully committed to starting my very first freelance writing business, which was great. And I freelanced for about 12 years. And then when you and I met, um, I had really just gotten to a place where I felt like um, the freelancing that I was doing was not the fullest expression of what I wanted to bring into the world. I felt like, wow, you know, I am not a backstage person, but I created this completely backstage job for myself. 
And I was doing a lot of ghostwriting, a lot of editing and, you know, loving supporting my clients into, you know, creating their, their books and their dreams and their visions. And, um, what I wasn't aware of at the time was how much more I was actually doing than that in helping them shape their ideas and really, um, you know, take like the magician card in tarot, right? As above, so below, like take what's up here and, and really bring it down into physical form. And so uh, along the way, um, my entire freelancing journey in the book world was really focused on transformational nonfiction. I worked with healers and coaches and spiritual leaders and, um, you know, people who were really out to change the world. And I got quite the education along the way. And so when you and I connected, I had decided to step out of the book world and out of that sort of backstage role I had created and start teaching uh, you know, quantum physics, mindset, and personal transformation to really bring my ideas to the stage. And I can't actually remember how you got to my event in 2019. How I can't remember how you got your ticket. Um, it was through I, the magazine, remember? That's right. Yeah, that's yeah right. we met through Spirit of Change. Yes. So anyway, so that's how we met for the first time at my live event. And you brought me this amazing lip gloss that I've been obsessed with ever since. And, <laughs> and, and it was awesome. And I was, I just felt such a, a deep kinship with you. Um, and so, yeah, so, you know, 2018, 2019, 2020, I'm doing all this amazing, you know, coaching mindset work, events, retreats. And then, you know, we all know what happened to events and retreats in 2020. <laughs> um, among all the big tragedies, there was the little tragedy of my entire business model collapsing. Um, and wow. so I ended up in this place where like, okay, so I had swung from one end of the pendulum to the other, you know, mm -hmm. I, I had gone from being completely backstage, to being completely on stage. But what I wasn't using in the new model was my strategic gifts for really taking ideas and, and bringing them into form. And so I kept getting all these messages about, oh, you know, you're, you're supposed to go back into the book world. And I was like, screw you, universe, because <laughs> that's how you react when the universe gives right. you like that. <laughs> and, um, and really, it, was, it, it felt like I was being asked to go backwards. But of course I was not. And so I made a deal with the universe that if you're going to send me back into publishing, it's got to be in a way that I can work with the people who are making massive change in the world and that I can change the industry. And the universe was like, yeah, sure. No problem. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. that is so That's how World Changers was started. <laughs> I love the deal, making a deal with the universe. That is so powerful because unless we're aligned with things around us and, and that's everything that you're saying, you know, and then being open, I think that's the hardest thing for most people. We might hear a message, but being open to that message and actually following it when the world and the universe lights up that path for us is I think the hard part, don't you? I think it requires a lot of trust and faith. Yeah. And something that was told to me recently, and actually I was just discussing this with my sister yesterday, is that the universe doesn't give us what we want or don't want. It gives us what we tolerate. Mm. So if we tolerate frustration or mediocrity or not being seen, then that is what we will get. And that was 
a very long time for me in my professional journey. You know, I didn't have the confidence. I was coming into this world of writing and editing and, and high-level ghostwriting without even a college degree, let alone a master's degree. Um, and I really felt this, this need to prove myself, but what I was tolerating was always giving more than I received. Um, mm -hmm. And that's been, you know, it's an energy pattern throughout my whole life, not just in business, but when I burned out on freelancing, it was because of that. You know, totally. um, it was that, you know, I was tolerating this in myself of giving more than I was receiving of, you know, always over delivering and, and all of that. And, um, you know, that was something that needed to be resolved before I could come back and actually play at a higher level. I love that. That is so powerful. You're so self-aware. And I think that's really part of your success as well. Because when we can see what our own patterns are, you know, we we be that sort of metacognition when we catch ourselves and our thinking or our patterns, that's where our power really lies. And I feel like it takes people a long time to get there. But I know with you, all these transformations have just been the next step, the next step. And I think like a couple of things you said really, really hit me hard. Um, but the non-attachment, right? Because you're going down this beautiful path of something new, like most of us, we if we start something new, and then the universe knocks on your door and says, wait a minute, why not? You forgot about you forgot about your books, right? And you're helping other, and so that's hard because we're like we want to, you know, dig our heels and be like, wait, no, no, I'm on this path. And so I think the ability to look inside and say, hey, wait a second, I'm I am gonna. You said trust and faith. I am gonna trust the universe, and I'm gonna try this. And then look what happened. All the doors started opening, right? Yeah. And, you know, more, more places, every time doors open, you know, we walk through and we get this really bright and sunny view and it's like, yes, I did the right thing. And that will last just long enough for the door to shut behind you. And then you fall on your face again. <laughs> and that's been, that's been my last two years. And it's been, it's been wonderful and challenging um, because I went from, you know, being a lone wolf for over 15 years to, you know, to having a team who are amazing and, mm -hmm. you know, and going through this expansion and all of the learning that comes along with that. And, um, you know, really looking at what does it mean to lead? What does it mean to, um, to create something at scale that's been so personal for so long? What does it mean to let go of control? That was a big one. Mm. <laughs> it still is. Um, and also have really, really strong boundaries um, mm. to prevent that tendency for overgiving. I want to give props to my COO, Marie, who is also my dear auntie and my first entrepreneurial inspiration. Aww. You probably met her at my event. Um, oh my gosh, that's so cool. Yeah, so, uh, so she's now my COO and uh, she really helps me figure out where the good boundaries are. Because I'm just like, sure, I'll just give all the things. And she's like, oh, no, you don't. <laughs> Don't we all need that? We totally we all, need that. We all yeah. need Auntie Marie. <laughs> just, just want to give recognition where yeah. it's there. Yeah. I love that. I love that. We need somebody to reel us in, especially, you know, the creative, the big creatives that, that we are. And we're very similar in that. You know, when we want to give, we believe that giving will give back to us. And it does and all that. But there is a limit. And you've said some really important things here that I think are great takeaways you know, and just going back to that piece, the universe gives us what we're willing to tolerate. Oh, that really hit hard for me right in my third chakra, you know, so being able to take that all in and 
what would you say to people? Like, what kind of a mindset did you have to have at that point? You were trusting. And now, like you said, the door opens, but then it closes. What kind of mindset? What do you say to yourself to get you through those moments when you feel like you're falling on your face, but you're probably really not? It just feels that way. Um, I, I probably am not the best person to give this advice because I get mad. I get really mad at the universe, at my guides. Like, you lied to me. This is (laughs) not how you told me this would be. Um, And what I've really come to understand, though, which is so hard to remember in the moment, is that when things really suck, generally there's something better coming on the other side. Mm -hmm. We're going through this ascension spiral in our own growth. And we have to revisit the same crap over and over. We come back to that place on the spiral. And, you know, when we're back in that place, we have to look at the same old patterns. We have to look at the same old tendencies and the things that are no longer serving us. And we shed another layer and then we move on up and then we come back to the same place again and again. And so when things get really hard, it's our opportunity to really create a sense of the inevitability of our growth. Mm. It's hard to say surrender because that's hard. Surrender is hard, especially when you're driven and you're, you know, you're ambitious and you've got things to do and, you know, (laughs) surrender is hard. Um, And it's also not always the right way forward. Mm. You know, you can, you can surrender and still make progress. Um, For me, it always kind of involves coming to a level of equilibrium and not attachment, like you mentioned before. So this whole worst case scenario that's been building in my head, what if it happens? How will I I navigate that? And what I find is that generally, A, it's not actually as bad as I thought, and B, I'm actually prepared to tackle whatever comes. And so the surrender for me personally is really into my self-trust is that, Mm. you know, shit's going to hit the fan. Sorry. Can I say that? Absolutely. (laughs) I just swear a little bit, a lot. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And, um, you know, it's going to hit the fan and I still, I I can still deal, you know, like there's Mm -hmm. very, very little in life that's really going to throw me off my path. And for the most part, all the things that I dread are not those things. Yeah. So, you know, when things get really sticky, it's like, okay, so what if that is the case? What if, you know, I'm going to have to, you know, make this change that I haven't wanted to make or do this thing that I've been resisting or, you know, restructure some aspect of the business or the work or, or have a different relationship with someone in my life? Like, wow, that feels really big and scary, but no, really it's, it's usually just my ego getting hung up on some, like, I'm not going to like the way that feels, or I'm not going to like the way that makes me look or, um, and that's not a good enough reason to resist. Mm. I love that. And you know, we all do that, right? But that's a really good question. I, I talk a lot about with my clients is asking yourself better questions. All right. So let's talk about that. What if that does happen? That's a great question, right? And, you know, I I have questions pinned up. You can't see them, but they're on my little sticky notes in front of me. You know, but what if it all works out too, right, is a great thing to ask yourself. Um, And I think, you know, uh, we all struggle with the exact same thing you're talking about. The ego comes in and says, hey, wait a minute. 
you don't need to do this, or you're better than that, or we shouldn't have to bow down here. But really, that's just our fear talking, right? You know, because our minds are so beautifully predisposed to keep us safe. And somehow we've been in that situation before, and it's given us a little red flag. Hey, wait, we've been there. Let's not do this, right? So it's overcoming that. And I love the way you're just like, hey, it's going to hit the fan, but what am I going to do about it? And that kind of proactive thinking is how you get what I call out ahead of mindset. And I love that. You already know your tendencies, right? And then you know what your go-to emotions are. Um, And I think, you know, I help people figure out what that is. That's really like step one, you know, and I love that you're super self-aware with that. So, and then overcoming that fear with a great question. Hey, what if it works out? (laughs) Wouldn't that be great, right? Um, So I really love that. Well, it's a great opportunity to examine those tolerances, right? Yes. Like, okay, this is my biggest fear, Um, am I just going to sit back and let that happen? Am I going to tolerate that? Or am I going to take some action or make some change that will actually make that not even a concern anymore? I love that. I think that we do that. I know that I do that a lot with my health and my, my personal well-being. um, tends to take a back burner. You know, we have, um, we have two kids now and we just, uh, six weeks ago, our foster son joined us and, um, it's been amazing. And, um, you know, so three kids, my husband and I both own businesses. He has multiple businesses. We have a working farm on the property. Like there's so many things and there's such a tendency to say, okay, in all of this swirl and all of these demands that are being made of me, well, I don't have time to take care of myself. Now, I don't have time to go get a massage. I don't have time to work out. I don't have time to meditate. And what I find for myself is that those tolerances are building. Well, yeah, my body feels stiff, but like, what am I going to do about it? Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. You know, my mindset's really not great right now, but like, I don't have time to deal with that. And the more that we tolerate, the more that this, this not okay place becomes our baseline. We do it in jobs, you know? I mean, how many of us have had a job that like we were tolerating for all the wrong reasons? Um, You know, how much of us, how many of us tolerate stuff in our relationships that, you know, well, you know, that's not the norm, but then it's the norm. Well, okay, but we haven't gotten to this place. Um, You know, that's, that was a a big theme for me in my younger years as well is, is tolerating, you know, emotional and physical abuse from partners because like the baseline just kept rising, you know, Mm -hmm. and, um, the, what it takes to break that is just a firm. No, no, I will not tolerate that any longer. I don't deserve that. You know? Yeah. The hardest one though is what we tolerate from ourselves Mm. and, you know, the putting things off and the procrastination, what do I tolerate from myself? Mm. And generally when things get really tough, it's because I'm tolerating from myself something that does not align with who I'm becoming and where I want to be in my life. That is so huge. So powerful. What am I tolerating for myself? And we're going to go for a quick little break, but I know everybody's hanging on your every word. So we'll come right back. We're going to talk about that a little bit more with Bryna. Hold tight. 
Workers Credit Union empowers members to achieve their dreams at any stage of life. With tailored products and services designed to enrich your financial wellness, Workers Credit Union gives you the tools to succeed, like high-interest checking, savings, and CD accounts. Free online and mobile banking help you budget and pay bills on the go. Financial coaching provides guidance when you need it. We encourage you to look for the good, the Workers Way. Visit us online at wcu.com or walk into your local branch. Did you know 73% of employees are considering leaving their jobs and almost half of Americans fear being laid off in the next year? That's a lot of fear and anxiety mulling around the office. In today's environment, employees need easy-to-use tools and strategies they can count on when the atmosphere is making them feel less than productive. To find out about proven ways to help your employees turn their stress into success, go to carryrowan.com and sign up for a free wellness consultation for your company today. Ever notice how your brain automatically focuses on what's wrong in your life? Ever wonder why you find yourself telling the same old story about yourself over and over again? Tune into this high-energy show with author and mindset coach Carrie Rowan to find out how to retrain your brain to look for the good every Monday at 5 a.m. and 5 p.m. Eastern on syndicated Dream Vision 7 Radio Network. Carrie uses powerful storytelling, easy-to-use tools, and inspiring guests to exemplify how a simple shift in perspective can bring miraculous results. Join Carrie on a journey into your own transformation that will leave you feeling inspired, empowered, and ready to find the good every day of your life. Are you tired of feeling stressed and stuck? Did you know that the stories we repeatedly tell can be the very thing that makes us feel worse about our life? In her best-selling book, Tell a New Story, host and author Carrie Rowan shares the five simple steps to release your negative stories and bring joy to your life. This is not your average self-help book. It's a joy to read and it's interactive with QR codes for meditations, original songs, and how-to videos at just the perfect point in the story, which makes transformation easy and at your fingertips. So if you're ready to go from humming a sad song about your situation to finding your voice and whistling a new upbeat tune as you skip along with joy as the new soundtrack of your life, then get yourself a copy of Carrie's highly acclaimed book today. Go to carryrowan.com slash book to get your copy now. That's C-A-R-R-I-E-R-O-W-A-N. Hey, beautiful listeners. Are you tired of the fast-paced life and want an easy way to help you find your calm? Then head over to the new Look for the Good Marketplace. It's chock full of hand-selected books, great classes, calming music, and special readings. All you need to help you move closer to a life you're tickled pink about. Just visit CarrieRowan.com and click on the Marketplace tab to find just the right item to soothe your soul today. That's C-A-R-R-I-E-R-O-W-A-N.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Look for the Good. I'm your host, Carrie Rowan. I'm here with Bryna Haynes. We are having this incredible conversation. We were just talking about what we're willing to tolerate. And before we broke, um, we were talking about what we are willing to tolerate from ourselves. And literally, you gave me a chill when you said that down my whole body. It's such a huge, huge issue for a lot of people, but I think we don't even realize it. And I love that, again, the metacognition is bringing this forward. We're acknowledging that this is something that we do because that's the only place that we can really change what we do, right? Exactly. Yep. When we're bumping up against other people's realities all the time and because everyone creates their own version of reality, there's not really much we can do about that. But um <laughs> You know, and, and that's, you know, the events that ensue are not always in our control. You know, I, yeah. I am not a big subscriber to the idea that we create every event in our life. 
A lot of them we do because of our tolerances from ourselves, from other people. But sometimes things happen that nobody knows why. Nobody could have, you know, explained it. Um, and quite frankly, are not, you know, deserved. However, um, you know, those often happen because we're bumping up against other people's realities. So mm. I don't like to do the whole, you know, blame ourselves for everything thing. I did that for a very long time. That was like a big part of the spiritual journey is like, I take responsibility for everything in my life. Like, no, no, I'm actually not responsible for the way that that person behaved toward me. Mm-hmm. What I was responsible for was tolerating it. Right. Mm, absolutely. Uh, or, absolutely. you know, or, or not navigating it differently. My responses. Right. So, um, yeah, I think it's, I think it's important though, when we look at tolerances to see how they shape our stories. Mm-hmm. Right? Absolutely. Um, when we tolerate a lack of personal responsibility from ourselves, everything becomes other people's fault. Yeah. And um, you don't want to get in there. No, that victim mindset is pervasive. It's been something that crops up for me, you know, in that growth spiral over and over. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, I didn't have a choice about that. Yes, you did. Cut mm-hmm. it out. Yes, you did, Brian. <laughs> you know, you said yes to that. Maybe you didn't know it was coming, but you still said yes. Um, so, you know, there's there's some of that. But yeah. our tolerances also affect our stories and our ability to create in our lives. Big time. Absolutely. Because those are the things, you know, we make up those stories, right? And when we can't make sense of stuff, that's when we make up a story about it. That's where some of those stories get embedded. We weren't sure how to handle a situation. So, oh, I must be bad or I must be stupid or bad things always happen to me or whatever that negative little mantra is that goes on in your head comes from all that stuff, hitting the fan, not knowing how to deal with it, maybe not even realizing that we were tolerating it, you know? Um, and that's such a huge part of what you're talking about being aligned, because when we're aligned and we know what our intentions are and we, we, our actions match our intentions in life, you know, I want to be X, Y, Z. So I take the behavior that makes me live a life like that because it gets incongruent when it's that awful feeling of like driving along when your car is not in alignment, you know, something's going to break eventually. You're going to go over a bump. The axle's going to crack. Something's going to happen, um, which is a great metaphor for us and how we drive through life. Right. So, yeah. So for you, how do you get in alignment? What makes you feel aligned in your life? What a great question. So for me personally, um, because of the way that I'm designed, I do a lot of study of human design and the Enneagram and all of these, you know, like, let's get in there and understand ourselves. Love it. Mm -hmm. For me personally, I need alone time. And it's been the hardest thing for me to get since I became a parent. Um, (laughs) And I think that's probably true for most of us parents. And when I stopped tolerating my lack of alone time and just said, this is what I need, my amazing husband, who, you know, literally is like, okay, you know, we can, (laughs) we can make that happen. Um, He, he, you know, his schedule now accommodates me having time to, have time to myself to go into that meditative dream state to pull out the ideas that are just waiting for me to be present enough to find them. Um, and when I asked for what I needed, you know, Matthew being the amazing man that he is was like, yeah, sure. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I just needed to say so. Wow. Uh, yeah. And, uh, and so 
you know, it's, um, that wasn't a, a tolerance that was anywhere outside of me. It was like, I was just tolerating, you know, excuses for myself. And when I needed to stop doing that, um, you know, I, the support arrived as it always does. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, but for me, it's definitely, I need time to process. I need time to consider. I need time to dream, to meditate, um, to really be in myself. And it's, um, it's so easy to move away from that. You know, not everyone needs the copious amounts of alone time that I do. I recognize that. Like I'm kind of, yeah, it's like if I could spend, you know, only one day a week with people, that would be like my idea. <laughs> Are you a projector? I, no, I'm a manifester. You're a manifester. I'm a manifester. Of course yeah. you are. Wow. I'm a manifester. Yeah. And an Enneagram five with a four wing. So, wow. Yeah. So it's, it's all about like headspace and information and oh yeah um yeah my mm -hmm. mind get pretty pretty interesting pretty fast um <laughs> as has in so many of our minds right. um but yeah like my ideal vacation in january i went and spent um nine days in the uk and six of them were up in the lake district and i didn't speak to anyone for six days except for hotel staff and people at restaurants like i just went and walked and was alone and listened to music like okay i found me again mm. now i can go visit my friend in london and you know career around seven dollars and, you know, eat amazing food and all yeah. the things. Right. Yeah. Um, but I think it's super important that we know those things about ourselves because only when we're clear of all the other influences, can we access what's true for us. Mm -hmm. yeah. And it's an important consideration because we can spend our entire lives just reacting and responding to what's around us without ever actually knowing what's true for us. I think that's so, again, I come back to your self-awareness is really remarkable and finding that out about ourselves, right? And doing all those things that you've done, you know, human design. I love human design. We actually have a show on our station with human design with a friend of mine, Nancy O'Keefe. It's super powerful. And, and because when you have all that data, all that information about yourself, you can start to become a little objective, right? You can start to say, hey, wait, I know I have a tendency to do this, like you're saying, without it being a big reaction or a denial right? Or, or a defense for us. It becomes you know, owning that, you know, just like owning those stories that we tell because it's only in owning them can we change them. So in owning those pieces of ourselves that we might not like, the darker side, if you will, you know, um, Kelly Clarkson saying it best in her song. I'm not going to rip into that right now, though I want to. Oh, totally. Can you please? Can you please? Uh, no. I, you know? <laughs> and so it's like, Everybody's got one, right? And yeah. it's like embracing that, putting our arms around that and saying, I love that about you, Brian, because you're just right out there. Here's what I do. You know, and and here's what I need. And unabashedly. And I know that it's probably took a while to get there. It would take us all a while to get there and just own our pieces. And just being able to say, Hey, I have a tendency to do this and I'm no longer gonna tolerate that. I love that little mantra. I'm gonna adopt that if you don't mind. Please. Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, that didn't, you know, the piece about the universe doesn't give you what you like or dislike. It gives you what you tolerate did not come from me. Um, that was passed along to me and I don't have an original source for it. So I just want to give credit where credit's due. Like that's not mine. Well, um, not my, my brainchild there. It's your, it's yours today and you're sharing it. And I had not heard it in that way. And, you know, I studied a lot of this for a really long time. So I love that you're giving some 
our listeners just something new, something new that they can use to switch their mindset, to switch those stories of things and take a look, take an inventory of what you're willing to tolerate and what you're no longer willing to tolerate. You know, and like you're talking about, basically when you do that, you are pulling back all that energy that we give away. And we don't even realize that you're sort of, you're cutting those cords, if you will, to the things that are zapping our energy. You know, we walk around exhausted all the time because we never really take a look at the things we're giving our life force. We really do only have so much life force. And when we give it away to all these little things that we're, you know, willing to tolerate, it's really a beautiful, it just reminds me of like a Caroline Mays thing, right? We're calling our energy back because we're no longer willing to do that. I love that. I just love that. That's got to be a book somewhere along the line. Oh, it has to be. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> for sure. Totally. totally a book in there. So you've done so much with books. I, I love the concept, you know, and I talk to people a lot about this, that 80% of people want to write a book. It's crazy. I mean, even just in my, when I tell people I wrote a book, oh, I have, you know, everybody has an idea inside of them and it's probably a really good idea. But why do only 3% of those people actually get down to writing the book, the manuscript, and then only 1% of those people even get to making it into a book? Mm. What is your thought on that? Well, I think that there are a lot of reasons. I think that there are stories inside us that take time to mature. Mm. And, you know, I, I believe that everyone has a book or a story in them. I don't believe that right this very minute is the right time for everyone to share that. Um, sometimes it's divine timing. Sometimes mm -hmm. it's your, your information, uh, needs a level of maturity. For example, like I very, very rarely, I don't want to say never, cause it's not never, but very rarely work with people who are just starting businesses who want to use a book to grow their business. I don't think it works because the minute you put an idea into practice, it changes and it evolves. And as we grow as teachers and leaders, the ways in which we present information will radically change from inception. The process of that evolution gets quicker as we gain more experience. But I also think that putting a lot of effort into a book when you're just starting out and you haven't really road tested your ideas is, I mean, I'm not going to say it's a bad idea, but I think your book will probably not serve you in 12 months mm. uh, or 24 months. And I do think that books need to have a longer shelf life than that. Yeah. Um, especially the kinds of books that I really enjoy working on that are deep and thoughtful and, um, you know, encapsulate people's thought leadership. Mm. I think a certain amount of people not finishing their books or starting their books is tolerance. Oh yeah. It's not, it's not making time for the thing that feels important to you. It's, yeah. Being afraid to start, it's being afraid to suck because yeah. you will suck. <laughs> and, I mean, like I'm raising my hand on this. <laughs> I started editing because I wanted to be a better writer. Interesting. I, when, I, when I first started my freelance writing business at 26, 27 years old, I thought that I was going to be finishing my epic fantasy novel and writing articles for Yoga Journal because I was a yoga teacher at the time. And, you know, I was like, I'm going to write, you know, articles about awesome organic clothes and I'm going to, you know, <laughs> write about the merits of breath work. And then I'm going to finish my novel about, you know, magic and dragons. And um, after multiple, multiple, multiple rejections, well-deserved rejections, by the way, from publishers and agents. <laughs> um, I was like, maybe I'm not as good at this as I thought. <laughs> <laughs> and it was very tempting at that point 
to just walk away and go back to my very lucrative career as a master colorist and, you know, color educator in the salon, right? Like I Mm -hmm. gave up that job that was, you know, um, you know, I had amazing clients. I had, you know, I was in a beautiful location. I had an amazing, you know, salon owner that I was renting from. Um, It was tempting because I was like, oh, I'm not actually as good at this as I thought. Mm-hmm. And um, something said, no, 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 just keep going. So I took any writing project I could. I wrote SEO for real estate websites. I did wow. articles for nonprofits. I I did a lot of web copy and blogs. Um, I learned to build websites. I like I did all these things. And very soon after I made the commitment to stick with it, I met. Uh, Lisa Tenner, who is a really well-known book coach uh, here in New mm-hmm. England. And she really liked my work and started sending me referrals for editing and ghostwriting, which is how I ended up as a ghostwriter. Turns out it's very illuminating to write books for other people because it teaches you a lot about your own writing, but also about how to work with other people's ideas. And from that point on, that was, you know, I was barreling down that path super amazing full circle moment is that Lisa is actually now one of our authors. I saw that. Yeah, we, um, yeah. So the first edition of her journal was published by the incredible Tamara Monosoff and her team. And we picked it up for the second edition uh, to get it into bookstores. So that was super like, just felt so amazing, you know, to come back and, and have that different level of relationships. So anyway, I love that she's been on the show. She was, she was one of my first people on the show when she was talking talking about that book. So, so my, uh, yeah, my listeners know Lisa. So, um, we're not going to, we're going to go for just one quick second. We're going to be right back. So holding on to every word that Brian is saying, we'll be right back after a message from our sponsor. Workers Credit Union empowers members to achieve their dreams at any stage of life. With tailored products and services designed to enrich your financial wellness, Workers Credit Union gives you the tools to succeed, like high-interest checking, savings, and CD accounts. Free online and mobile banking help you budget and pay bills on the go. Financial coaching provides guidance when you need it. We encourage you to look for the good, the workers' way. Visit us online at wcu.com or walk into your local branch. Hey, beautiful listeners, are you tired of the fast-paced life and want an easy way to help you find your calm? Then head over to the new Look for the Good Marketplace. It's chock full of hand-selected books, great classes, calming music, and special readings. All you need to help you move closer to a life you're tickled pink about. Just visit CarrieRowan.com and click on the Marketplace tab to find just the right item to soothe your soul today. That's C-A-R-R-I-E-R-O-W-A-N.com. Are you tired of feeling stressed and stuck? Did you know that the stories we repeatedly tell can be the very thing that makes us feel worse about our life? In her best-selling book, Tell a New Story, host and author Carrie Rowan shares the five simple steps to release your negative stories and bring joy to your life. This is not your average self-help book. It's a joy to read and it's interactive with QR codes for meditations, original songs, and how-to videos at just the perfect point in the story, which makes transformation easy and at your fingertips. So if you're ready to go from humming a sad song about your situation to finding your voice and whistling a new upbeat tune as you skip along with joy as the new soundtrack of your life, then get yourself a copy of Carrie's highly acclaimed book today. Go to carryrowan.com slash book to get your copy now. That's C-A-R-R-I-E-R-O-W-A-N.
Are you ready to consistently be in the flow of success? Build an abundant business, easily find your right clients, and feel good inviting them into your community to do business with you? If your answer is yes, then you'll want to listen to Business Success with Human Design with Nancy O'Keefe on syndicated Dream Vision 7 Radio Network every Thursday at 7 a.m. and 7 p.m. Eastern Time. Business Success with Human Design is a podcast designed to help you peel back the layers of who you have been taught to be and how you've been told to do business, moving you from overwhelm to a business model that aligns with your authentic self and feels right for you. Come and explore human design for business with Nancy. Did you know 73% of employees are considering leaving their jobs and almost half of Americans fear being laid off in the next year? That's a lot of fear and anxiety mulling around the office. In today's environment, employees need easy-to-use tools and strategies they can count on when the atmosphere is making them feel less than productive. To find out about proven ways to help your employees turn their stress into success, go to carryrowan.com and sign up for a free wellness consultation for your company today. This is Dream Vision 7 Radio Network, uniting mankind with universal love. Our shows are created from the heart, bringing each listener to a place of divine enlightenment. Breathe, relax, and enjoy. Let life flow. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Look for the Good. I'm here with Brian Hayes, and I know you're hanging on her everywhere because she's telling us some pretty incredible stuff. And we're talking about books and how you transformed yourself and how you started off as a ghostwriter. And we're talking about why people don't ever publish that book that they're dreaming about publishing. So let's pick up there. Let's talk a little bit about that. You had to learn more about yourself and what kind of writer you were by just diving in and taking whatever work was coming your way. I love that because a lot of times I feel like we don't allow ourselves what we need to do to become that matured writer like you're talking about. Um, and when they fight, right? And so talk a little bit about that. I mean, it feels like it should be such a natural skill. Right. Um, and it feels like it's something that we all do every day to some extent. We're writing on social media, we're writing emails, we're, you know, some of us are writing blogs or, you know, content for our online audiences. Um, and it, it feels like it should be so easy to translate that into writing a book. Um, and when we find out it's not, we can feel like we've we've hit a wall. So yeah, reasons people don't finish their book, like we talked about, one is divine timing, you know, waiting until whatever's percolating has matured enough to really be communicated in that way. Mm-hmm. Two is frustration, right? It's oh, this is not as easy as I thought. Maybe, you know, maybe this isn't for me. Mm-hmm. Um And another reason, again, is what we tolerate from ourselves. It takes discipline to sit your butt down and put words on a page every day. I I still struggle with this. I work in big waves. Like I'll ride a creative wave. I'll write for like 16 hours when I can, you know, if I have good, good good care coverage, you know, or I'll (laughs) I'll write from like 9 p.m. to 3 in the morning, or I'll get up at 5 and I'll write until everybody wakes up. Um, and then I'll have days where I'm like, there's just no freaking way I can't do this today. It's Mm -hmm. not me today. Mm -hmm. And you know, when you're writing and editing, oh my God, 10 to 15 books a year, I think is my, my current pace. Like you can't procrastinate for long or stuff really starts falling apart. So I've gotten better at coaxing myself into that state, but when you're not on someone else's timeline, when you're not, you know, it's not part of your career, when you're doing this as a labor of love, it's a lot harder to find that motivation. It sure is. And it's, you know, waiting for that inspiration, if you will. You know, I don't just sit down and write a song. I write a song when I feel inspired, right? Or even my book, you know, 
I, I couldn't have that mindset or it wouldn't have gotten written. If I waited to feel that perfect minute that I need to feel inspired, I wouldn't have a 13 chapter book sitting here next to me. Right. And so it, right. It takes that. And it's the training of the body. You said sitting the butt down. It is. It's training that animal of our body that wants to get up and go have a snack or, Oh, I forgot to do order this on Amazon. Oh, I forgot, you know, that, that monkey brain of ours. It's learning the mindset because I think there is, there's a certain mindset that goes into, I'm going to write this book. It's going to be the best thing that can come out of me today. And you can always go back and edit it, which is the magic of it. You could edit I could still be editing my book too, but that's a whole nother story. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there comes a point where the editing does need to be done. Um, <laughs> you need to like shut that tap off. But um, I all, the metaphor that I always share with people is that writing is a multi-step process like creating a piece of pottery. When you're writing your first draft, you are literally scooping clay out of the ground and popping it on your your pottery wheel. Mm -hmm. That's all you're doing. You're excavating the raw material and slapping it on a plate. If you try to shape that, if you try to like maneuver that, manipulate that while you're still scooping stuff onto the plate, you know what your work is going to be? a mess. Mm-hmm. It's never going to be finished. And it's going to be just, you know, it's going to be a never ending project. We have to allow ourselves the mess mm. and just, you know, scoop all the raw material out. So we know what we're working with and then we can begin a process of refinement. And when most people think about writing, they're going to like write a paragraph and then like, oh no, that's not right. I have to go back and perfect that. Like you don't even know what you're working with at this point. Don't do that. Mm -hmm. Um, And that process of trying to be in the right brain and the left brain at the same time, to try to be creative and analytical at the same time, there are people who can hold that space simultaneously. I happen to be one of them, Mm -hmm. but most people, it's not helpful to try. Um, Most people, it's very helpful to be in the creative brain for as long as it takes to excavate all of that raw material and then switch to the analytical brain. So like, okay, so here's this pile of material. I'm going to sort it this way. I'm going to arrange it this way. And then I'm going to begin to refine and then I'm going to shape and then I'm going to handle the details. And most of the time that's best done in the company of a really great editor. Uh, Amen. Absolutely. You're nothing without your great editor because of that reason, right? I mean, and it's like, it going, like you said, going from that left brain to right brain. I love that um, description of that. And that's more hard for some people than others. So why not just get everybody in their creative brain, get everybody on that right side and write it. I love that. And the, and the pottery analogy is really, really a great visual too, because you're just going to have a sloppy mess if you don't just get out there. And that's what everybody says. Just, just get, get it out and write it, you know? Mm-hmm. And I know for me, if I didn't have a little bit of pressure too, I like a deadline, right? I need a deadline. I know that about myself. So if I didn't have the pressure of, you know, in the beginning, I started with, you know, a publisher, then ended up self-publishing, but I had that pressure. And I'm so grateful that I took that whole path because that's what made me write the book. Oh, wow. They want it done by this date. I got to back into that. How am I going to do that? Right. But for me, the outline, getting that framework with the outline, you know, and then I actually did a proposal first, which really forced me to write the chapters beginning. I always like to write that way though. The two bookmarks, if you will, the beginning and the end, because I love the end and I love the beginning. So, and then you can fill in the rest. So, but really getting into that creative space. And I think that creativity is one of the most important things we do in everything. We just forget about it. It gets squeezed out of us throughout our life. Well, I think, you know, 
the creative process is so often seen as a means to an end. You know, um, we want the book. We don't necessarily want the act of writing the book. And I think that's probably reason number four why most people don't write a book is that <laughs> when they they really realize that they want to be an author, but they don't want to be a writer. Mm. And there's a difference. And so the solution to that, of course, is to hire a really qualified ghostwriter. If you are, you know, have a really world-changing idea that you know needs to exist in the form of a book, but you do not want to put in the time and blood, sweat, and tears to become a great writer, there's a solution for that, right? It's mm-hmm. going to require an investment of different kinds of resources, mm-hmm. but there is a solution for that. And definitely what I find for my clients in that space is that they are tremendous experts in their fields. They do not want to become expert book writers. Mm. They don't need another career, right? Um, that was a mistake that I made, uh, you know, as a, as a teacher earlier in my career as a freelancer. And I was like, oh, I'm going to create a course and I'm going to teach people how to write books. And, you know, I had a, a few really amazing students and many of them did go on to finish their books, which was great. But what I found out in the course of that is exactly what I just said. People want to be authors, but they don't necessarily want to be writers. And more, they didn't want to learn what I had invested 10 years learning. Mm. Um, you know, and so it's really a question of, do I desire the end product enough to go through the creative process in this really deep way and go through the learning that's necessary? Or do I want the end product enough to invest the time and money and resources to have someone help me with this? Or do I just want the end product for some ephemeral reason? Do I want to be an author because all my peers are authors? Mm. Well, you know, Um, and so I think getting really clear with ourselves about the, the true desire behind the project. The best books are given as gifts from the heart. Mm -hmm. They're an encapsulation of someone's energy and leadership and creative thinking and innovation. And they're given as a gift to the audience to say this, you know, this information really needs to be out there. And I'm going to create something that will allow it to be out there and do my work for me. And I think all the books that we consider our favorite books, well, in the nonfiction space, at least, Mm -hmm. Um, all of the books that changed our lives were created with that energy. Mm -hmm. Um, It's a different thing to create something from, you know, an energy of like, I want this product to be serving my business. Doesn't mean it won't be a great book. Um, but there's a different mindset and approach to creating something like that than to creating a gift of thought leadership. Absolutely. And the, and the reception, right? I mean, what I'm receiving, because when it comes, it's, it's just like a song, right? When I write a song that comes from deep within my heart of something that I felt, it feels as if I'm sharing my heart and somebody receives that directly into their heart. And I feel like that's the biggest difference. And people can feel that people sense that, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And so it's perfectly okay that this creating this also benefits you. Like it's not this, you know, martyrdom sort of piece. Like I'm going to write a book and it's only for everybody else. Like, no, it's going to do amazing things for you and for your work and your business. And, you know, that doesn't negate that. But again, you know, is, are you passionate enough about giving this gift that you're willing to go through the process of actually birthing it? 
of actually creating it. Um, and I think for some people, the answer is no, and there's nothing wrong with that. You know, I mean, I would love to be a great painter. Am I willing to go through the process of learning <laughs> to paint that I could actually create something that wouldn't make me want to vomit? No, <laughs> I'm not willing to do that. I don't have the time and the energy for that. It would be a departure from my path. And I think getting clear with ourselves about that too. You know, we all have dreams that have nothing to do with our current trajectory. And some of them are calling us for a really good reason. And some of them are just fun things for our ego to play with. Yeah. And yeah. We can tell the difference pretty easily when we, when we look at it, you know, I mean, yeah. I always had a dream about being, you know, a fashion model as a kid. And uh, why did I want it? Cause I wanted people to look at me like they look at fashion models. Right. Yeah. Was necessary to my path. <laughs> no, no, it just created a whole lot of like body dysmorphia and inner bullshit. Like, let's yeah. be real, right. Mm-hmm. But the reason I wanted it was not strong enough for me to actually pursue it and do what would have been necessary to gain it. Yeah. And I think knowing the difference for ourselves is extraordinarily powerful. It's so huge. Again, I'm going to come back to the self awareness piece that you offer and that you offer everybody else. You know, take a look inside. You know, if that 80% of people, they want the book and that's the question, do you want to be the author or do you want to be the writer? And I really love that you offer that solution to people as, as you offer ghostwriting. Um, because that's a, it's a way to get the end result, you know, without having to force yourself into it. Like you just brought us through those really beautiful four reasons why. And so that's the question you ask yourself, you know, what is it that I really want from this? Because I personally enjoyed the journey, but I'm a writer. I've always been a writer, right? Songwriter, exactly. whatever, right? I always told my three minute stories in a song, right? So for me, that resonated with who I was and always knew that I was as a little, little kid. And I, and I always take people through that exercise. If you're unsure, go back to what you used to do as a kid right? And I wrote poetry all the time for people. I don't know why I did that. I put on shows, right? So take a look at that. What did you do? What was the creative thing? Because we were all so creative when we we're kids until life rings it out of us. So I love that little exercise of people are wondering, well, I'm not really sure, you know, go back and look at what you used to do. And I love that you used to, like me, uh, sister in kind, be a singer songwriter. <laughs> yeah. So I, um, I started playing music at a very early age. I played classical music. I was trained on the violin from ages four to 10. And then I picked wow. up oboe and I played with the Rhode Island Philharmonic Youth Orchestra. I got to play a couple of shows with the Rhode Island Philharmonic, which was amazing as a teenager. Um, in my last two years of high school, played with the Rhode Island College Symphony because they were short. Wow. And I very quickly decided upon graduation that going to school for classical music was not in my future. Again, (laughs) I loved the idea of being a world famous musician. Was I willing to go through all of the steps necessary to get that? The answer was a clear no. Mm -hmm. Um, But I did spend a year in Atlanta in 1998, making a living playing guitar in coffee shops and uh, and you know on the side of the road. (laughs) I love love that. (laughs) To play in the club that the Indigo Girls owned, it was like a big thing. Yeah. Um, And you know, once again, it was a dream. I wanted to be looked at like people looked at Jewel and Ani DeFranco and all of the amazing female singer songwriters of my generation. Mm -hmm. But I wasn't willing to do what was necessary to have that life. I wasn't willing to live on ramen noodles for years. I wasn't willing (laughs) to. Oh God, a year was enough. By the end of that, I was like, "Feed me something that is not ramen noodles." I mean, I was so broke. It was so bad. And, um, you know, I I wasn't willing to go through all of the rejection 
and all of the, you know, the tempestuous ups and downs and the approval seeking and the, you know, I just, I wasn't ready for it in that arena. And I realized that the reason I wanted that was not because I wanted to be of service as a creator. It was because I wanted to be viewed in a certain way. Mm. And that didn't fully come through for several years, but I know that it was my soul that influenced that decision um, because I ended up doing what I'm really meant to do. And I still love, you know, love playing music, still lead the occasional kirtan yoga, sacred music journey stuff. Um, and uh, it'll always be a part of my life, but it's not the creative path that was really laid out for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, because if it had been, I would have been willing yes. to do what it took. Exactly. I love that. Really, really powerful. But the underlying theme of your creativity, and you're still tapping into that now, and you're teaching other people how to do that, and you're offering, I, I just love your your business model of what you offer. And this new thing that's sort of uh, been the new kind of you know craze, if you will, is the collaborative book model. And I love that too. So if anybody's interested in finding out more about Bryna and the work she does with World Changers Media, where can they find you? So the best place to find me is worldchangers.media. That's our website. If you want to have a chat and get to know me better, you can book a a call with me right on the homepage. Um, We don't do free downloads or or any kind of, um, you know, lead magnet stuff. I really would rather just have conversations with people. So if there's anything you're curious about, you can just, uh, you know, get on a call with me and I'm happy to, to hear about your big ideas and support you however I can. I love that, Bryna. Thank you so much for coming on today. That was just so much wisdom in a short period of time. And I know everybody's really going to soak that all up. So thank you again for spending this time with us today. Thank you so much for having me. I love you. Thank you. No, I love you too. And thank you everybody for listening in today. And remember, it's never too late to live your best story. Take care and be well. Thanks for tuning in to Look for the Good with your host, Carrie Rowan, best-selling author and mindset coach. Join us every Monday at 5 a.m. and 5 p.m. right here at Dream Vision 7 Radio Network. If you weren't able to catch an episode, no worries. Just visit our website to find all the archived episodes of Look for the Good on demand so you don't miss a thing. And remember, it's never too late to live your best story. For additional resources or to find out about how you can work with Carrie directly, visit CarrieRowan.com for more details. This is Dream Vision 7 Radio Network, uniting mankind with universal love. Our shows are created from the heart, bringing each listener to a place of divine enlightenment. Breathe, relax, and enjoy. Let life flow.